I'm Dale Mason, publisher of Answers Magazine, and this is Creation Answers, a podcast of Answers in Genesis, featuring highlights from the award-winning Answers Magazine. When it's the depth of the winter, all we want to do is bundle up and stay warm by a crackling fire. But animals don't have that option. God has provided other amazing solutions, as we'll explore in this episode. The first article looks at the iconic Arctic fox. Imagine a dark and frozen world where all who enter are surrounded by deadly threats. Hurricane-force winds, months of darkness, snow blindness, and temperatures so cold that water thrown from a cup freezes before it hits the ground. Yet, in this forbidding environment, Jesus has endowed one creature with all the equipment necessary, not only to survive, but, incredibly, to thrive. He goes by many names, including snow fox, polar fox, and arctic fox. Scientists call him Vulpus lagopus, hair-footed fox, because he grows hair on the underside of his feet, similar to the rabbit-like hares that share this frozen world with him. I personally got to know two of these amazing canids, named Yana and Yukon, while working as a volunteer at a small wolf center in upstate New York. The Nature Center's mission was to educate the public about the wonders of native wolves and foxes. As part of my training, I had the privilege of bonding with these two foxes so they'd be comfortable during my talks with visitors. They taught me a lot as I watched them interact with each other, play with my bootlaces, and drastically transform through the seasons. What a transformation, as their trim, blue-gray bodies changed to snow-white puffballs by winter. Visiting their pen on frigid winter days, I marveled how they slept directly on the frozen surface of their pen's artificial spring, just as snugly as if it were a fluffy, warm comforter in my heated cabin. Our God of provision clearly has endowed these special animals to flourish in the stark but beautiful Arctic. The Arctic Challenge Our triune creator has filled the planet with diversity. It is no different with foxes, from the fennec fox of the Sahara to the red fox of the high mountains of the Sierra Nevada. Arctic foxes are circumpolar, meaning they inhabit the cold regions surrounding the North Pole, Greenland, Scandinavia, Siberia, Alaska, and Canada. The major habitat of the region is tundra, a windswept, treeless plain where the soil beneath your feet can be frozen 1,000 feet down. Winter temperatures easily plummet to negative 50 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 46 degrees Celsius. Winds can easily be 60 miles per hour or greater, causing whiteout conditions that impede all visibility and lower the wind chill to deadly extremes. Making matters more challenging, light is absent for several months in the winter. When you hang out with Arctic foxes, at first glance it doesn't seem like they would do well in such an environment. For example, they are antisocial and don't believe in group huddles to keep warm. They are also small, about the size of a large house cat, and that is a problem. The smaller the animal, the more body surface contacting the cold. That puts them in danger of heat loss, hypothermia, and death. Yet despite these challenges, our snow foxes prosper. There must be more to them than meets the eye. Transition from summer to winter. During the summer, I would visit Yana and Yukon and marvel at how skinny they were. Only 6% of their body weight was fat. They spent a lot of time swimming and cooling off in their pool. As summer transitioned to fall, our creator's genius became evident as his genetic programming in my fox friends responded to shortening days and their bodies gradually transformed before my eyes. Thin fur grew thicker and covered not only their legs, 
but the underside of their paws, just as their hair foot Latin name describes. Hair color transitioned from blue-gray to white. Fat accumulated from a measly 6% to 30% of their weight. And by January, they looked like marshmallows with toothpick legs. In winter, Arctic foxes' fur increases 140% in multiple layers on their bodies. An extra fur grows on their feet, providing excellent insulation and greatly compensating for their small size. The furry tail insulates them further because it acts as both mattress and facial scarf on the coldest and windiest of nights. Little ears set close to the body assure minimal heat loss, while the dramatic increase in fat provides further insulation and an energy reserve when food is scarce. But wait, there's more. God is not yet done providing for Yana and Yukon. Foxes in the freezer. In studies to determine how animals survive cold environments, scientists use a measure called the lower critical temperature. It is defined as the air temperature at which an animal must really start working hard to stay warm. They work hard by burning fat reserves and shivering. The lower their critical temperature, the more resistant mammals are to the ravages of cold. Because of their fur and fat, mammals living around the North Pole have the lowest lower critical temperatures, and Arctic foxes are champs. One study examined individual fox behavior and their vital signs, such as respiration and heart rate, by putting them in an environment where temperatures could be controlled. At negative 58 degrees Fahrenheit to negative 76 degrees Fahrenheit, the fox went to sleep and body temperatures remained steady. At negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit, the fox licked his feet for half an hour, slept for an hour, and shivered. At negative 112 degrees Fahrenheit, he began to shiver in the first five minutes but his body temperature did not drop for an hour. Just what is the lower critical temperature of our polar fox? That is up for debate. When I was hanging out with Yana and Yukon, the prevailing thoughts were that it was negative 40 degrees to negative 70 degrees Fahrenheit, negative 40 degrees Celsius to negative 57 degrees Celsius. Other research suggests that it might be closer to negative 7 degrees Fahrenheit. Think about that for a moment. Even using the most conservative numbers, as air temperatures plummet well below zero, these marshmallows don't really have to start working at staying warm until between negative 7 degrees and negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. That explains why Yana and Yukon looked comfortable on their ice bed when it was 10 below zero in New York. Navigating an Arctic World Proper navigational equipment is crucial for orienting in the frozen tundra, especially with pitch-dark winters and windy whiteouts. So it is no surprise that Arctic foxes have excellent day and night vision. As with many night mammals, the Arctic fox has an amazing structure in the back of its eye, tapetum lucidum, that works like a mirror, capturing every sliver of incoming starlight or moonlight and reflecting it back through the eye's retina, enabling it to see well in the dark. You have seen the effects of this special structure if you have ever shined a light into the dark and observed glowing red eyes glaring back at you. That eye glow is the product of your light being reflected back through the eye and out the pupil. If you're a dog owner, you know Rover's eyes can do the same thing. But in the daytime, the sun's reflection off ice and snow can cause an intense glare, resulting in painful snow blindness. Yana and Yukon look like they have a constant squint in bright sun. That behavior allows them to see clearly but safely, even during the most dazzlingly brilliant days in the Arctic and New York. Their senses of smell and hearing are also superior. Foxes will eat almost anything. However, a lot of what they eat is either dead, living under the snow, or white as snow. This is where their superior hearing and smell are crucial. 
They can listen to small rodents running under the snow, track the trajectory of the sound, and dive headfirst to catch them. They also scavenge and stash food for future use, but they must later find it, even when it's buried under several feet of snow. Their amazing nose helps them relocate their larder and also smell meat that polar bears have killed. They're crafty, too, following polar bears and eating their leftovers after they move on. Their nose also allows them to detect nearly invisible snow-white arctic birds called ptarmigans. Finally, remember those furry underpaws? Well, more is going on than superior insulation. They also provide better traction to keep them from slipping on ice. Even with this insulation, the paws are exposed to extreme temperatures that sap a lot of heat. So these special feet are outfitted with a superbly engineered system known as countercurrent heat exchange. Arteries carrying warm blood from the heart intertwine with veins traveling from the feet and transfer heat to them. By the time cold blood reaches the heart, it is warmed, so internal organs aren't stressed by chilled blood. At the same time, the warm blood traveling to the feet is cooled, so less heat is lost to the icy landscape. The less heat the polar fox loses, the more fuel it saves. Needs of a cold world. What is the main reason God built this design into the Arctic fox's genetic makeup? Seriously, ask yourself that question next time you see an adorable animal that amazes you. It's not just so animals could survive, or to prove God's existence, or his wisdom, or that God is the creator of life. God displays his glory throughout creation. See Psalm 104, especially verses 24 to 31. Above all, we are created to wonder and to praise him. Speaking about the pagan, unbelieving culture of the Romans, Paul reminds us that God's invisible qualities and divine nature are clearly seen in creation, so that we are without excuse if we do not praise him as these wonders naturally inspire us to do. Romans chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. We also know that when Adam declared independence from God and rebelled, his sin brought a raw and icy coldness to this world. Its chill stings us as we suffer and die. It makes enemies out of friends, prey out of former partners. As I think about my time with Yana and Yukon, I meditate on how far we have come since our once perfect world where fox and hare lay down together. But we see how God still provides for their needs. Our needs go deeper than combating the cold or avoiding death. God, in His infinite love, through the death of His only Son, can transform our ice-cold, stony hearts into living flesh. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. As much as He cares for Yukon and Yana, how much more He cares about those made in His image. As we repent of our sins and trust in Jesus Christ, His Spirit transforms us from spiritual darkness into people who can see God's glorious light. Those who experience God's grace and love are equipped with new spiritual powers that far exceed anything he gave other creatures, including our ability to find spiritual warmth, rest, and peace, no matter what our hostile, frozen world hurls against us. That's a gift that exceeds all others. The title of that article fits the message, How the Arctic Fox Got Its Winter Wardrobe. The author, Tom Hennigan, is an ecology professor who loves animals, and he writes regularly for Answers Magazine. God provides for animals in these cold, icy places today, just as he did at the time of the Ice Age. See how saber-toothed cats, woolly mammoths, even giant beavers were perfectly suited for their environment. In Buddy Davis's children's book, 
cool critters of the Ice Age. Order today at AnswersBookstore.com. The author of the next article loves wild animals and the outdoors too, but her love of the creator shines through even more brightly. Like the fabled team that supposedly pulls Santa Claus's sleigh, the reindeer, Rangifer Tarandus, inhabits the treacherous, frigid climes of the far north. When God created the deer kind, Curvidae, on day six of creation week, the world was perfect. But after the fall and the worldwide flood, the climate changed so that now some areas of the world are extremely frigid. Though the reindeer doesn't fly, and its nose certainly doesn't glow like Rudolph's in the Christmas song, God gave the reindeer some marvelous traits and instincts so it can thrive in its winter wonderland. Arctic Journey In Europe and Northern Asia, reindeer have been somewhat domesticated, while in North America their cousins run wild and are often called caribou. Migration patterns vary for different reindeer populations and different conditions from year to year, but the reindeer surpasses all other land mammals when it comes to migration distances. The porcupine caribou herd, named for its calving grounds near the Porcupine River and Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, has been known to travel an incredible distance of 3,000 miles, or 4,800 kilometers, in one year. This annual behavior plays a critical role in the species' survival. They travel long distances to chow down on willow, blueberry, and birch leaves, sometimes eating 9 to 18 pounds, or 4 to 8 kilograms, of vegetation in a day. On this journey, the reindeer often crosses raging rivers, frequently crowded with chunks of ice. But God has equipped it well for this athletic challenge. Its winter hair is long and hollow, acting somewhat like a life jacket, to help it float in the water. And with broad, cloven hooves, the reindeer paddles efficiently through the water. On land, trudging through snow and ice is a formidable task. But the reindeer has built-in snowshoes. Those broad hooves are also concave, with patches of hair underneath, distributing the reindeer's weight at an average of two pounds, or one kilogram, per square inch. By comparison, the moose exerts a force of eight pounds, or four kilograms, per square inch. This means a moose exerts four times more pressure and leaves deep prints, where a reindeer might leave none. The helpful hooves distribute the reindeer's weight not only to minimize sinking into the snow, but also to provide traction on slippery surfaces. Born to Run Pregnant female caribou leave their winter abode ahead of the males and hurry to their birthing grounds, while the males bring up the rear with the slower-moving year-old calves. Why all the rush? The mothers-to-be want to reach the calving grounds where predators are few. The new spring plants there enable the mothers to produce nutritious milk for their young calves. Soon after arrival, they give birth to their new progeny. The little wonders are up and running in no time. In fact, a day-old reindeer calf can outrun a human. As soon as the rest of the herd arrives, the calves will need to keep up with the herd to stay safe. The nose knows. God showcases his wonders of engineering in the reindeer, from its feet all the way to its nose. Inhaling Arctic winter air directly into the lungs would kill the cells in seconds. But the reindeer's nose can warm incoming breath by as much as 158 to 176 degrees Fahrenheit, or 70 to 80 degrees Celsius in less than one second. The inner structure of the nose provides a large surface area which rapidly warms the air. Then, when the lungs exhale the air, the nose cools the outgoing air and dries it to prevent two critical resources from escaping, 
heat, and moisture. Real World Wonders From nose to feet, the reindeer's expert design shines as a testimony to the Creator's care. The Almighty Creator asked Job, Do you observe the calving of the does? Job chapter 39, verse 1. Of course, Job could not. But our omnipotent God sees and watches over all His creation. Just as He sees and feeds the birds of the air, He cares for reindeer calves born in the snowy north and equips them for their challenging environment. How much more He cares for us. That article, Reindeer Thriving in a Winter Wonderland, was written by Stephanie McDormand, a biologist who oversees the Creation Museum's Collections Department. The next article comes from the pen of yet another animal enthusiast, but she loves God's design of a plump bird who lives at the South Pole. With their tuxedo feathers, wobbly walk, and cute offspring, emperor penguins are among the world's most recognizable and well-loved birds. They become favorites of family entertainment and symbols of endurance. Who isn't familiar with the sight of devoted dads carefully cradling fuzzy chicks on their feet? Four feet, 1.2 meters tall, and up to 100 pounds, 45 kilograms in weight. The emperor penguin is the largest of the penguin species and the only one to breed in Antarctica during its harsh winter season. There are currently as many as 400,000 emperor penguins. Their average lifespan is approximately 20 years, although some have been documented to live twice that long. Emperor penguins live in what many consider to be the harshest climate on Earth, the frozen wasteland of Antarctica. Winter temperatures there generally range from negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit to negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit, negative 40 degrees Celsius to negative 68 degrees Celsius. But penguins are perfectly adapted to their cold and wet home, both physically and socially. During the harshest part of winter, males and females begin to pair off. When the female lays her eggs, she transfers it carefully to the top of the male penguin's feet, where he incubates it underneath a skinfold of fat and feathers. This transfer is extremely tricky. If the egg comes in contact with the ice, the developing baby will freeze to death in as little as two minutes. Young and inexperienced couples frequently lose their egg. After the female penguin has successfully laid her egg and left it with the male, she returns to the sea to feed. The male gathers with other dads into a large huddle called a turtle formation, taking turns standing on the edge so that everyone has equal opportunity to be shielded from the extreme cold temperatures, and sometimes hurricane force winds. While the female forages for food in the sea, the male emperor penguin can lose up to 40% of his body weight. Nine weeks later, she returns and takes over care of the hatchling, while the male returns to the sea to search for a much-needed meal. During this time, when the chick is growing and needing more food, the ice is melting, making the parents' trips back and forth to the sea shorter and faster. The emperor penguin survives mainly on krill, fish, and squid. Its streamlined body and short flipper-like wings help it fly underwater, sometimes to depths as great as 1,500 feet, or 457 meters or more. A real survivor. An emperor penguin can hold its breath underwater for as long as 15 minutes, while its insulated body keeps it warm. Underneath its sleek black and white feathers is a thick layer of down that helps to hold in warmth and keep out cold, and body oils help to keep water off its skin. Underneath this skin is a layer of blubber, further insulating the penguin against the harsh temperatures. Penguins, along with other air and sea animals, were created on day five of creation week, 
it is very likely that there was an original penguin kind, from which all modern and extinct penguin species originated, and perhaps other flightless birds as well. Scientists have found fossil remains of penguins that were as tall as humans, but these penguins, supposed by evolutionists to have lived millions of years ago, are still recognizable as penguins. In their original environment, penguins did not eat meat, and they did not need insulation against freezing temperatures. Yet God had already placed within the first parents wonderful interrelated design features that would soon enable these beautiful creatures to survive in the world's harshest climate. After Noah's flood, when animals dispersed to locate food and repopulate the earth, the full variety of these birds appeared in the offspring. The ones with waterproof feathers, thick down, and extra fat layers thrived in colder climates, while birds without these features did not. It is a testament to God's ingenuity and love of abundant life that he placed in the original penguin kind all the information necessary for these birds to thrive, even in the most extreme climates. That article, Emperor of the Ice, was authored by Melinda Christian. She loves to write about nature. I think the penguin is one of the most amazing of all the winter animals. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed these articles, there are hundreds more at our website, AnswersMagazine.com. The links to today's articles are listed in our show notes, and I encourage you to subscribe to receive the magazine in your mailbox every other month. You will love that you're better able to share and defend your faith. I'm Dale Mason, publisher at Answers Magazine, and for the entire team, God bless. God bless.